turning your Bibles to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. Now this week, you guys pray for me, uh, Wednesday I will be on the road. I will be headed down to Alabama. And uh, we do, we've done this every year since we've been here, going on 16 years of this tradition where we go home. And uh, normally I'm gone at this time, but the Lord opened the door for us to go first of the year instead of through Christmas Eve, and I was able to be here, and I loved it. But when we get there, this is what's going to happen. We have a lot of family traditions that we do, and, and it's because we do New Year's at the Liuzzo house, my mom has some New Year's uh, traditions that we do. One of those New Year's traditions is she's got a box. She will pull out the box, she will put it, bring it into the living room, and she'll say, guys, it's time. She opens up the box, and it's filled with three-by-five uh, three cards. She passes them around the room, and every year we do this. We write down goals that we have for that year, and then we put them back in the box, and Mom keeps them. That way, they're out of sight, out of mind. We can't remember what they are. We're not looking at them throughout the year. And then she pulls the box back out when we get back, and she pulls those three-by-five five cards back out. We read in a group our goals and if we accomplish those. Let me tell you guys... At that point, there is no going back to fix what you tried to do. There's, there's no redo. There's no, I mean, the, the year is spent. The time is over. You can't do it. And they're, they're awful. I, I mean, it's like, it's easy to make goals. It's harder to accomplish those goals. It's like, I'm going to lose five pounds this year. And my mom was like, what, how'd you do with that? I gained five pounds, mom. I didn't lose five pounds. I gained five pounds. And it's, it's one of these things that we do, and I love it, but... What, what I realize is a lot of times our life is filled with regret. It, it's filled with regret. It, it's, I, I wish I could go back. I wish I could redo this, but I can't. Let me tell you guys something. The reason usually that we don't accomplish either the things for God or the things for our family or whatever it is, because there's problems in our life. It's not, it's not just a matter of willpower or I didn't put my mind to it or I didn't write it on a three by five card. There's something wrong, wrong in my life that, that caused me not to accomplish those goals. I, I've either got some sin issues, I've got some character issues, I've got some self-discipline issues, I've got things going on. But before we say, Lord, here it goes again, I'm going to fill out the three by five cards and I'm going to do better than I did last year. We need to turn around and say, Lord, why did I not do it this year? And I'm, I'm not talking about gaining five pounds or losing five pounds, okay? That, th- those things, those are not as important as... Lord, I wasn't walking with you. Or Lord, I didn't grow spiritually whatsoever. I, I, I didn't get involved. I didn't use my talents. I, didn't, I, I was going to get more involved in my kid's life or try to straighten out my marriage or mend this relationship. And I did not do that. Those are the things that truly should bother us. So we're going to do this study. I'm going to take you to the beginning of Peter's story, okay? And uh, Matthew 4.18. And then we're going to go to the end of Peter's story in, in the book of Matthew. And Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, and two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. See, what God did is God gave him a new purpose. That's, that's what God did. And it, it was a visual here of, you, you know how you cast that net and you, you work together, guys, to bring in fish He said, I'm going to give you a new purpose, but it's going to kind of be like that. He said, I'm going to teach you to use your tool and your talents to cast the net in this world and bring people to know Jesus Christ. Kind of really cool visual of that, uh, of how God equips us with these nets and these talents to to accomplish his work. 
But, but I want you to keep that in mind in this study because we're actually going to close it out with this, this very same thought. Can I tell you guys this? But you will never be happy doing anything other than what God has called you to do. Never. If God tapped you on the shoulder in your life and said, I'm giving you a new purpose in life, and you run off to do anything else, you'll never be happy doing anything other than what God's called you to do. Here's the other thing. You'll never be successful doing anything other than what God's called you to do. They were very skilled fishermen. But let me tell you, with, with, you, you can be very skilled in a, in a way of life and doing something that you're really good at, and you jump out of the boat of what God's giving you and you run off and do something else, you'll never be successful because you're doing it without God's power. Every one of us have a calling, and it's different, but it's the same purpose, and that's to glorify God and bring people to Christ. It's all the same. Now, Jesus called 12 disciples, and Peter, I'm just being honest, Peter's one of my favorites. I've preached on him from a different perspective, and I'll give you a different one today, because he was ADD. Peter stuck his foot in his mouth. Peter, you say, Peter had so much faith that he jumped out of the boat and walked to Jesus. I think it might have been, he, he didn't even realize what he was doing until he got out there. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. That was just in his nature. I like Peter. I, uh, I've had this on my heart for a long time to split this into two messages, so I'm excited. Peter started off just like we do the beginning of the year. This is what gave me this idea. The beginning of the year, it's just like Peter. Lord, I'm, 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 I'm never going to deny you. Lord, I give you my entire life. Lord, I'll die for you. And then I fail, I fail. Three times I fail. Lord, I'm so sorry. <laughs> that's, that's how our year goes. Beginning of the year, Lord, I'm going to read my Bible every day. I'm going to pray. I'm going to be faithful to church. I'm going to get involved. Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on my marriage. I'm going to do all this. And then I fail, I fail, I fail. And then I'm looking back saying, Lord, I'm sorry. But I'll do it again this year. Lord, this, this year's going to be better. That's what made me think of this whole thing of making this application uh, with Peter here. Because he kept messing up. But my fear is that there's Christians, when you get to the end of that, you've done this for so many years that you, th- you, throw, you throw in the towel. You're saying, I'm not doing this anymore. You, you might have goals to lose weight, but you're not, you don't have any goals doing anything for God because you said, I'm not good at that. Lord, I just mess up. Lord, I'm not going to start reading my Bible every day because I'll just quit after two weeks. Lord, I'm not going to challenge myself in my prayer life because, Lord, I end up just letting you down. So it's in our mind, it's easier just not to commit to it than it is to commit to it and fail at it. And the devil gets the victory. Because you quit in what you've been called to do. This, this message, this lesson can be broke down into two, two things that we learn. Even those that physically walk with Jesus struggled with weakness and sin. Peter walked with Jesus Peter prayed with Jesus. Peter was there for the miracles of Jesus. And Peter still failed. Go ahead, put yourself on a level. I shouldn't do this. this. And I'm not justifying your sin and your failure. I'm just trying to say, don't put yourself on a level of thinking that you're above being like these guys were. Number two, God's great unconditional love and grace towards us to those that fail. Those are the things that we're going to see with this. But I want to start today with facing our regrets, facing our failures. Don't like doing this, do we? Nobody would like to sit down and say, hey, let's talk about what you messed up. Come on. No, let's not talk about that. But we have to do it. No one, no one wants to get into there. 
So we're going to flip Matthew chapter 26 now. Now we're, now we're going to flip fast forward in, into this story. And I'm going to show you guys something. They call, and every time I do this, I, guys, there's, there's not a, a disciple that I haven't preached or taught on. And I know you guys are the same thing. And you sit there and go, I, I, I know Peter's story. I know this. But I want to pull out some things or look at it in an angle maybe we haven't seen before. Matthew 26, verse 60. Now, now Peter sat without the palace. And you guys know what happened. Jesus is on trial Peter's scared to death. The disciples are scattered. Now notice this. And a damsel came unto him saying, a damsel, a girl, thou art also with Jesus of Galilee. And he denied them before all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. When he was gone out of the porch, another maid saw him and said unto him that were were there. This fellow also was Jesus of Nazareth. And again, he denied with an oath. I do not know the man. Two girls. I'm not belittling girls, okay? I'm trying to prove a point here. It was not a Roman soldier that went up and said, hey, are you with Jesus? And had a sword in his hand. These are girls standing around warming their hands. It's amazing when you're not spiritually where you should be, it does not take much to make you buckle. Guys, if we're not where you should be, it doesn't take much to get you off track with you reading your Bible or praying or walking by faith. It could be your favorite TV series has new episodes and all of a sudden you throw your Bible reading out the door. That, that, that's the point. It wasn't, wasn't some extreme opposition. And I, and I know that she could have pointed him out and they could have came and arrested him and all the things going through his mind. I know that. But I'm trying to show you guys that it did not take much for him to buckle under this pressure at all. See, the thing is, if we're being honest, spiritual failure in our life is more like a slow leak than it is a blowout. I was right over here on Winchester Pike going to church one night. I had a blowout on the side of the road. And I don't know if you've ever been through that, but that's a scary thing to have. The tire completely just popped I don't know if it's something we hit or if it was defect in the tire. And I was all over the road and things. And sometimes we have that idea that when, a, when somebody fails or they lose their marriage or they lose their ministry or something like that, it's just like they're driving around, everything is good, and then bam, everything grows off the side of the road. That's honestly not how it works. You, you go back in your life and you're going to realize that that tire going bad usually is a result of a slow leak. You had a defect in your life and it slowly affected you all the way along till it got you to that point. And a lot of Christians that that are here today, and I'm put all of us in there, are not where we should be because we're not looking back on our lives saying, is there anything in my life that should not be there? Is there things that are affecting me every day, day in and day out, that should not be in my life? This is how marriages fail after 25 and 35 years. Or family quits churches. All of a sudden, after years, you look back in that family's life, and you're going to see that there was a dad not being consistent. There was a family not being consistent. There was devotions not being consistent. There was a lot of things in that life. It didn't just, oh, what happened to them? No, it built up to it. So let's break this down. I'm going to show you four things about Peter. Four things that caused this to him to get to that point where he caused this regret. We're going to face this. Number one, he refused to accept the hard teachings of Jesus Christ. There are some things that are just simply easy to follow in this. And you know, we read our Bibles, you guys are there, it's like, God answers our prayers. Amen, I can, Lord, I'll claim that one. God's with you no matter where you go. Man, Lord, I'll take that one too. 
But then there's some of them we turn the page and we get to and you're like, oh, I don't know about that one. God, God would send my loved one, to, God would send my niece or nephew or grandchild to hell if they don't accept Jesus Christ. Yes. Yes. You say, well, I just don't want to think about it. You not thinking about it doesn't change the reality that that's true. I'm going, to, I'm going to take you guys to Mark 8, and I'm going to show you a hard teaching that Jesus gave to Peter, and I want to show you the response that Peter gave to this. Let me tell you, I'm, I'm going to show you a track record leading up, and you just say, well, what did Peter do? Let me show you this. And he began to teach them in Mark 8, 31, that the Son of Man must suffer many things. When Jesus tells you something must happen, then let me tell you, it must happen. You have no right as an individual to, to, to step into it and say, Lord, I disagree with this. God said this must happen. Now, when you hear what must happen, you're going to cringe too. If you were in Peter's shoes, you would cringe too. And be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and of the scribes and be killed. And after three days rise again. And he spake that saying openly, and Peter took him, and listen to this, and he began to rebuke him. Peter, little, nobody, disciple boy, walks over, and Jesus, I need to talk to you, over here. You, I'm just telling you what it says. You cannot die, this isn't right, I don't know, and begins to rebuke him. Now, I'm going to tell you guys right now, we won't openly do this. None of us are going to openly do this. But there are a lot of things in Scripture that we'd rather just turn the page and go, oh, but I didn't read that and keep going. I, I, I said this on um, Wednesday night a few weeks ago that sometimes we treat the Bible like a buffet. When we walk up there and go, oh, oh man, righteous, you know, God makes us righteous. Oh, forgiveness, I'll take some of that. And man, the promise of heaven, load me up. And then when we get to that repentance or don't do this or we shouldn't have this in our life, and we're like, oh, no, I don't want that. See, the thing is, we would not have salvation. We would be on our way to hell if it wasn't for the hard teachings of Jesus Christ. The word rebuke means to forbid straightly charged to rebuke. I think, I think Peter wasn't in his mind thinking that I, I'm going to slam the Son of God. And guys, I don't think we do that either, consciously. But any time we sit there and we reject what God says, regardless, when you turn the page and God says, this is my commandment, that you love one another, this is my commandment, that you forgive one another, this is my commandment, that you pray for your enemies... This is my commandment, that, that, that you, you fight for your marriage. This is my commandment, and you say, no, I don't want that. Let me tell you, the day that you start rejecting the hard teachings of Jesus Christ, you get off course. And don't be surprised when you're in the ditch down the road, because it was those little turns along the way that got you there. Peter rejected. Now, I'm going to show you. You say, well, that's not a big deal. Let me show you how big of a deal it was. Mark 8, 33, but when he had turned about and looked at the disciples, he rebuked Peter. He put Peter back in his place. Get thee behind me, Satan. You want to say that this wasn't a big deal to Jesus? That this is just nonchalant, it's okay? This was a big deal. 
You know what he's saying, Peter, right now? With what's coming out for you to reject what I'm telling you, you are doing more of the work of Satan than you are the work of God. And you, you think that when you sit there and argue with your kids about something that is right and wrong, or you argue with your spouse about something that is right and wrong, and you sit there and compromise on something that God said just because it's easier to say yes than it is to obey God, you are in for much bigger problems. He said, for thou savorest not the things, that, that word savorest right there means to exercise your mind. He said, you're not thinking like the mind of God, you're thinking of yourself. Can I remind you what God said? Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It might, there's a lot of things that are going to come into our lives that God says this is the way that it should be. You should be faithful to church. You should be faithful to ministry. You should be faithful to your spouse. And your heart, oh, well, I just, if my wife was better at this, and uh, you know, I, if, it, we, we convince our thinking, we convince our minds to get off track. We justify things. And God said, let me tell you, you have just opened the door for Satan to come into your life. We resist the teachings and the commandments of Jesus. You give place to the devil in your life. Peter struggled with the hard teachings of Jesus Christ and it brought him regret. Can I prove it to you? What happened? When they came to arrest Jesus and he said, my time has now come. We, we, we've showed this in our play. My time has now come and Jesus comes up. What does Peter do? Peter runs around Jesus and takes out his sword to stop it. Thank God Peter didn't stop it. What did Jesus do? He knelt down, healed the man's ear and went on. You know what that says? That even when Jesus rebuked him and put him back in his place, he still didn't get the fact that when Jesus said, this must happen. Stop fighting it, Peter. Stop getting in the way. Stop being so rebellious. I told you this must happen. It must happen. Number two, what causes spiritual failure and regret? Number two, when we don't face our pride. Mark 14, 29. Once again, going back into his, his life. But when Peter said unto him, although all shall be offended, yet will not I. I don't know about you guys. It'd be one thing if Peter stood up there and said, Lord, we all struggle, and I, I appreciate you saying this. Peter just stands up and says, Lord, you're probably right about all those jokers, but not me, buddy. You know what that was? That was pride. If, if the Son of God, Jesus Christ, walks up to you and says, Tony, or John, or whoever you are, I see this weakness in your life, you don't stand back to go up to God and say, no, you don't. That's what Peter did. Jesus said, this is a the weakness, this is a warning, this is evident in your life. And Peter said, oh, no, it's not. There's a big, big problem. There's pride in your life when you can't see pride in your life. And let me tell you guys, every one of us struggle with pride. Don't write this one off and say, well, I got that one taken care of. That's pride. Just you saying you don't have pride is Pride. And Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto thee, that this day, even at this night, before the cock shall crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. Jesus was warning him. Let me tell you what Proverbs 16, 18 said. Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. You know, you say, well, if Jesus was saying this, and Jesus was laying this out, 
This should be our response as believers. Lord, what do I need to do? Lord, if you see this in me, and you can see pride in me, and you can see that, Lord, that I've got this weakness, Peter should have fell on his face before God and said, God, help me not to. Lord, I'd rather die than hurt you. Lord, I'm so sorry for this. Remember what James said? The Bible says, if we humble ourselves, therefore, in the sight of God, he shall lift us up. Not standing there, Lord, that will never happen. Don't ever get to the point where you tell God, man, I see all these other parents failing with their kids. That won't happen to me. Lord, I, I'm glad I don't have a messed up marriage, Lord. I, I, I keep things on track, Lord. God says, be careful when you get to the point where you think you're above failure. Amen. Be careful. It could be that you did not accomplish your goals and you have regret in your life right now where you stand as a believer because you have allowed pride to get in your mind that you don't sit there and fall before God saying, God, help me. You stand there and say, I've got it all under control. Because none of us have it under control. That's why Jesus told him, Peter, your, your spirit indeed is great. It's willing. Well, let me tell you, your flesh is weak. As long as you have flesh, you will have pride. Remember that. As long as you have flesh, you will have pride. Pride is the very sin that got Satan himself kicked out of heaven. And you think that it's not something that he's not going to use on us and battle with us? You pray, Lord, help me. Lord, help me not to. What, what causes regret in our life? Number three, when we don't acknowledge the attack of Satan. When we don't, you say, I'm not... I'm not the perfect dad. I'm not, I've never been the perfect Sunday school teacher. I've never been the perfect bus worker. I've never been a perfect this or whatever. I, I just, you don't have to be perfect for Satan to target you. See, all it is is the idea that Satan has the desire to have you. And once again, we get to this. And I, and I know we've jumped around in the Gospels because we're just going through his life. Jesus warned Peter in Luke 22, verse 31, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. Simon, Simon, let me, let me, let me just show you what's going on here. Satan, watch you, son. Let me throw this at you guys. When you're following after Christ and you're saying, I want to be fishers of men and I want to make a difference and I want, I, I, Lord, I want to be just like you, the Lord will turn around and say, that's great, but let me tell you this. Satan has a target on your back. Do you get that, Peter? It's a scary thought to know that the Satan, Lucifer, the God of this world, thinks about you. Peter, Satan, desires you. Have, have that in your prayer before you go to bed. Lord, I know that Satan wants me. Do you know who said the words later about being warned of the devil because he's a roaring, lying, seeking whom he may devour? Do you know who said that? Look it up. It's in First Peter. Peter said that. He said, let me, let me tell you guys, when you get chased down and trapped by the devil and have his jaws around your face, you, you'll acknowledge the fact that God was right and I should have listened to Jesus at that moment. That, that passage where he says he desires to sift you as wheat, that um, was an illustration that he was giving them because they would take the wheat with the tares 
And they would put it inside this thing and they would throw it up in the air and the wind would come and blow it away and it would sit there and twist and the, the wheat was heavier and it would fall back down in there. But the, 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 the garbage, the, the things that was left in there that shouldn't be in there would be so light that it would blow it away. And you know what God was warning him right there is saying, you know what, Satan's going to throw you into a situation and turn your world upside down. And he desires to sift you. He desires to throw you into a complicated temptation. If, if you want to have a better year, let me tell you, you need to look back at your life and say, you know what, I was under the attack of Satan because you walk into this next year like this. That's what Peter should have done. Peter should have walked into there with the idea that he knows that Satan desires to take him. And Satan desires to take you. Here's the last one. We, we, we suffer spiritual failure that leads to regret by rejecting the hard teachings of Jesus, by allowing pride in our lives, by not understanding Satan's attacks. But also when we grow spiritually dull. We grow spiritually dull. In Matthew 26, 41, a passage that I've, I've preached on, and you guys have heard all of your Christian life, when they went to the garden, and Peter fell down and he began to pray, what did Peter do? He fell asleep. Jesus comes up to him and he says, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Jesus went back to pray again. And what did Peter do? He went right back to sleep. I don't know about you guys. If, if Jesus was over there crying out to his father for the sins of humanity. If Jesus came back to me and he was praying so intently that he had drops of blood coming down in his face. And he comes back and he's trembling and he fasted and he did all those things. And he's waking me up three times to say, please wake up, please pay attention. Peter, you're struggling with your flesh. Your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. And Jesus, Jesus didn't just leave him there. Jesus kept repeated going up to him to wake him up. And Peter went back to sleep. You know what that was? It was just, I, I know, Lord, I know. I know it's, it's, it's a bad world and Satan wants to have me. And I, I, I know, Lord, I, but it's apathy. If you knew that your life was going to change and your God was going to be crucified and the Roman soldiers were going to come and if you knew all those things that Jesus already had predicted, I'll tell you, I don't know about, I might struggle with sleeping, but I'm going to say, dear God, Lord, help me. Lord, I, I can't do this. Lord, I need you. Be with me, Lord. Believe with me. That would be our heart's cry. There's a lot of Christians that are sleeping through life. Although God has woke us up and said, hey, don't you see the times? Don't you see the world that you live in? Don't you see the condition of your family? Don't you see that souls are going to hell? Don't you see that time is short? I, mean, I know, Lord, I know. I just, it's okay. I, I've got this. I've got this. I, Lord, I love you. And you know what the first thing that he did when he got out of his sleep? He acted in the flesh. He got out, pulled his sword, and cut off the ear. He acted in the flesh. When you have apathy in your life, you will respond to situations in your flesh rather than the spirit. You know what it does? It leads to regret in your life. We do things that we regret. You might have taken on a financial situation this past year that you regret. You might have in this past year made damage to your relationship that you regret. You walked out of a job with a bad reputation and you regret it. 
I said, I don't, I, don't want to talk, I don't want to talk about that, but let me tell you, one of the best things that we could do is just like we're doing with Peter, go back through his life and say, all right, you know when Jesus was teaching you this? That would have helped you back there if you would have just listened. And Peter, when God pointed out your pride, you should have fell on your face and said, God, help me, forgive me, rather than standing up, God, no, God, I'll never do that. You know when he woke you up three times in the garden? And you just went back to sleep? Do you see a track record? It wasn't a blowout. There was a slow leak. How many of us are going to repeat what we had last year, this year, because we have a slow leak of problems in our life that we're not dealing with? Now, you guys know the story I started with it. Peter fell hard. I mean, he fell hard. And I want to confront that in here because... The, the, we, we don't need to go into, we, we need to not only evaluate our lives and see what it is that causes us there, we need to sit there and say, Lord, deal with it. Lord, I, I, I want you to step into my life. And God, I want, I want it to be known. I want it to be revealed. I want it to be out. Because I don't want another year like I had. And I'll show you how Peter did that. 